AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I write y'all, all across the USC, Compton, Watts, Bay to LA, Pomona, California, from valley to valley, we represent that killer county. So if you're keeping it real on your side of your town, you tune in to Gangsta Chronicles. Gangsta Chronicles, we gon' tell you how it goes. Nose will grow like Pinocchio. We gon' tell you the truth and nothing but the truth. Gangsta Chronicles, this is not your average show. You're now tuned into the real MCA Big James and Big Stale. This is strictly from the streets. Hello. We represent the James. Welcome to the Gangsta Chronicles podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Black Effect Podcast Network. Make sure you download the iHeart app and subscribe to the Gangsta Chronicles. For my Apple users, hit the purple mic on your front screen, subscribe to the Gangsta Chronicles, and leave a five-star rating and comment. We'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Gangsta Chronicles show. And I am Big Steel. Yeah, y'all know what it do. Look at, hey, switch it up, man. After all these episodes, you go switch up from the chair. Yeah, you know what to do. <laughs> I said, it's no year. Yeah, for sure, man. Happy New Year, bro. Happy New Year. 
Same shit, though. Hell yeah, the same old thing. It don't feel no different. Did you make any resolutions? Hell no. You know Keep what resolution? Work. Keep, Keep working. working. That's about it, shit. I don't... People be making up shit and... New Year's resolutions, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, you know, to each his own shit. Do what you got to do, whatever to better yourself or whatever your situation is, but shit, still the same shit to me. Yeah, for sure, dog. All day. You know what? I did kind of make some resolutions, though, but I try to improve myself, not just at New Year's time. I try to improve myself there. I do set goals for the upcoming year all the time. Um, one of the goals I had, man, was just really just to take things just up another notch to the next level, you know, keep improving, man. You know, um, I was talking to the cats at Black Effect, you know, Dolly and all of them, and they were telling me, man, that we were one of the top shows over there. And just, you know, that made me feel good, but it just let me know that it's another level we can go to. Oh, definitely, shit. I mean, Long as I guess we keep giving, I don't want to say I guess people refer to everything as content right now. So, but I guess as long as we just keep having, you know, uh, good good feedback from the people and having good, you know, conversations and shit and shit to talk about, then and uh, I could see that we are, you know, getting up there as one of the podcast people want to uh listen to you know what i'm saying oh for sure and the thing is we gonna be so off the chain with it this year i can't wait to the new season come up man so we can unveil all the stuff that we got going on man we about to close out man you know season 14 over these next few episodes man then we be start we take a little break and come right back at what you know come right back with it man um there's a whole bunch of shit going on out there man I would say, man, I, I just got finished talking to one of Crip um, Max on, boy, somebody he real close to, man, and he looking at getting three years, you know? He looking at Who three that? years. Crip Max. Mm. You know, so he's going to do three years. Um, I talked to his homeboy, and he told me that he was in good spirits. And, you know, the thing that I find odd about that, man, is that, you know, Crip Mac is still fairly, he's fairly young, Right. Right. And I think that he has this infatuation about jail. I think he thinks when he goes to jail, it makes him, uh, I think it's one of his things, man. He think it makes him just, I think it certifies his gangster or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, you know, back in the days, you know, I know that the, the, uh, the, the, the crazy mind state or the, or the idea of of you know um it's like a rite of passage for some niggas man you know um especially when you in the uh, banging stages of of you know in your adolescent years um a lot of niggas looked at going to prison or YA or some shit like that as you know that makes you certified official you know, uh, there's levels yeah. to there's levels to it. You know, you can bang and sell dope or whatever, whatever. But uh, once you make it to that prison yard, or you know, back in our days, um, even if you made it to CYA, you know, um, 
it was like shit, nigga. I'm, you know, you you do that bid and you come back and you looked at more as official because you done went and got your stripes, man, walking that yard. So, um, I could see where uh, the influence of of being incarcerated now, not to you know, being locked up is bullshit, um, mm-hmm. but. Like I said, in the adolescent mind of a lot of us uh, back in my days, you know, 12, 13, we looked at niggas going to prison or jail as that nigga's official. You feel me? Yeah, but that, it almost feels like, like you said, like a rite of passage. Right. So, But, you know, as a grown man, you see the dumbness in that ideology. You know what I'm saying? But as, as a young nigga, you know, 80s and you banging and you, you know, trying to seem reputable, man, you know, going to jail for a bid or, you know, for jacking a nigga or dumping on a nigga or anything, man. Once you make, once you hit that yard, man, you looked at it certified. Yeah, I guess so, man. But ain't nothing as sweet as freedom though, bro. Oh, definitely. You know, and, and you know that, you know, um, in this day and age right now, that's the most fucked up as shit. You know what I'm saying? A lot of niggas was locked up over petty crimes and, you know, and shit like that, you know. But uh, then again, like I said, uh, you felt like you was earning your stripes, you know, by hitting that yard, especially if it was something you did for the neighborhood, you know. Got out of enemy, you know, sold some drugs, whatever. Uh, it was definitely yo, yo, yo. You know, like they punch you. You know, you get one of them little tickets, and once you punch the ticket, once you get so many punches, you get a prize or you get some something free. Man, that that's what that is, man. You know, so I I I don't know why a nigga would feel like that in twenty twenty four. You know, as going to jail being a, a a stamp on your official card but you know mm-hmm. Crip Mac is 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 he's full-fledged you know I'm I'm representative to to that that side of it so if you get an idea or like you said I feel like it kind of makes him feel like you know I'm official nigga I ain't just no I ain't just no overnight internet sensation like people is, you know, they got them been in and out the system and all of that. So, and, and it happens to niggas, you know, just because you just uh, overnight success or whatever shit, you got a record, man, it's going to follow you. And especially if you're becoming popular, you know, they don't like that shit. You know, yeah, they hate real, that shit. They watching you know. your ass. Yeah, for real. You know what a thing is, man. You know, three years Fed time, I think he's got to do 80% of that time, right? That's what I'm hearing. Three years, you know, shout out to the homeboy Travis Ford. You know, he kind of keeps up with him, man. Travis, a young cat, man, that's, that's on the move, man, doing some things, right? Right. And I mess with him here and there, man. Um, I think he a um, good up-and-coming, you know, young up-and-coming cat dude I've been checking out, man. I like the way he moves and stuff. And he was just telling me, man, you know, he was talking to dude and, uh, and Crip Mac, I guess. Um, I don't like putting no other platforms out there, whatever, but uh, 
white cat a no jumper that he messed with Adam, I guess. Mm. He was upset because Adam could have did some things for him to help ease his case or whatever. And Adam, I guess, didn't feel like messing with it. I don't know the details, so I ain't gonna go too much into it. Cause I ain't one for gossip. You know, Adam, that's his platform. He can do well, I've seen want. that uh I've seen that um he had called Adam from jail and they was chopping it up. So I don't know what that you know what that's about, you know. That's what I've seen. So who knows who knows what the story is, if he's upset about it or if not, but he show uh went on the platform and called the platform from jail. So, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say it. I, I I don't know, man, because you know, by the time you hear what really happened, man, everything is twisted and tangled. And that's his that's his that's that's Adam's business. You know, I know I wouldn't be putting my business up or my crib up for nobody. You, you feel what I'm saying? Right. I don't need to know, and you know, you know, depending on what I, I wouldn't do that for my kids. It depends on what they did. You feel what I mean? I mean, shit, you know, you love your motherfucker, you know, you love your family and all of that, but, you know, sometimes the circumstances may fall, but, you you know, they looking at him as a cash cow, you get me? So, you know, um, it's probably missing a lot of revenue being locked down, you feel me? So, Oh, for sure, he's missing a lot of money being locked up, man. That dude is like, say what you say about Crip Mac, man. Say what you say about that brother, man. I'm not no hater. He does his thing. You know, me and you saw firsthand because I had a lot of cats, man, that was almost like, you know, when, we, when he came on our show, they was like, why you have Crip Mac on there? Won't they won't. But when they watched him, they couldn't get enough of him. They were fans. Right. You know, that's just this, that's just this era, man. The era of of just like I get, what they say, content, or the era of just putting out shit and people want to see some shit. You feel me? It's just, it's just unfortunate, especially black people. You know, we want to see some shit. We want to see some messy shit. We want to see some crazy shit. So that's the era of what's going on today. And motherfuckers want to exploit that to the fullest if they can. Oh, motherfuckers want to really, man. Motherfuckers want to really. What it is, man, is. I don't know if you remember when MTV first, because MTV was were like first people really, I can't say that they invented reality television, but when they came with the real world and all that, you remember they had the ghetto boys on the real world. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't recall that. They was on there. Yeah, they was on yeah, there. They, they were like, yeah, if MTV started off with all the, you know, pushing the live shows type of shit. I know I used to watch the shit and be like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, yeah, it was crazy, man. You know, MTV started that, man. Just look at where it is right now, man. Reality television, man, is really dominating everything. I think because people always want to be a fly on the wall. People are natural. People have a natural curiosity about other people's lives. You feel what I'm saying? Everybody wants to be a fly on the wall. If somebody ate, if somebody had the opportunity to watch you 24 hours a day, they would. Which is great. Yeah. People want to see what you do. They want to see, you know, from the from from how you put your pants on, nigga, to fucking how you brush your teeth, nigga, what you eating, what kind of car you driving in, what store you shop at, who you be fucking with on the regular. 
people are just interested in other people's lives and shit. That's what I'm saying, man. So, so you think about it, man. Like, um, shout out to the home to the little homie Lemmy Well, man. That got um, I can't call him a little homie. That motherfucker rich, <laughs> owner of the Zeus Network, man. He's made almost a billion dollar business, man, of just. And I don't like to use the word exploit, but that's what it is of exploiting these people's lifestyles, man. They will see that shit. Like I said, my homeboy watched that shit faithful. He get on the phone like a like a motherfucker, like your auntie used to watch the soap operas and shit back in the days. Do you know they knew the characters, the the the, the breakdowns, all of that? <laughs> People interested in that shit, especially when it's some messy shit. Myself, I can't stand to watch bullshit like that. Uh, I don't like to watch. Um, us as 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 black people in embarrassing situations. That's what I, I I look at it like that. I know it might be entertaining to see so and so getting a scrap with so and so, or or to see a motherfucker make up some shit, or just get on 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 there, start ranting, and you know, it's, it's some fights. It's getting loaded, you know. Somebody's half naked, or you know, some some niggas is in some crazy shit. Um, people like to see that shit today, you know. I'm. Do you think about it? It's it's always been that way, though. Hey, you think about it now. People love a train wreck. People love a car accident. Have you ever noticed on the freeway you'll be driving somewhere, man, and traffic has come to a crawl? And, oh, definitely. And when you get to the accident, when you get to the point of the accident, there'll be something um not that's not that dramatic, right? But traffic is being held up because people are stopping to look. People are being nosy. And the worse the accident, the more the traffic and the traffic ain't slowed up from the actual accident itself. It's slowed up from the people driving by being looky loose. Motherfuckers is we love we curious we curious about another motherfucker's uh situation. Yeah, yeah. Going through some shit, man. But somebody through some shit, man. And you know what I noticed? What really trips me out? You can have somebody out there getting the dog shit whooped out their ass. Ain't nobody helping them. Niggas got cameras. It's fifty niggas standing around with oh, cameras. No. No, no, I'm the, I want to be the first motherfucker. I want to be the first motherfucker posting a nigga getting his ass whooped so it can go viral on my page. And you fuck about the nigga getting his ass whooped or the nigga doing the whooping. I just want to post that shit on my page so I can get a million motherfuckers on my page watching this shit. Man, you know what's crazy, man? And, and I don't condone fighting. You know, I would never tell anyone to go out there and fight law enforcement. That's a bad mistake. You don't fight law enforcement, but if it's a situation where I'm innocent, man, and the cops is out there getting whooping my ass, and there's 10 of my homeboys around there, and all they got is a camera filming, man, one of y'all better be filming this shit, other ones better be getting active and trying to help my ass. Yeah, you people, um... Activate and start dropping them beans on somebody. Yeah, that's that's... The world we live in with, with social media and, like you said, everybody got a phone nowadays, so it's hard to avoid uh, the limelight. You'd be a motherfucker that don't even want to be in that position, but 
it's hard to avoid the limelight if you caught up in any kind of situation. Shit, you could be walking down the street and slip on a motherfucking banana peel and a motherfucker be across the street filming that shit. Next thing you know, a nigga done posted it. Like, look at this dumb motherfucker walking down the street that slipped on a banana peel. Like, it's 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 just it's just now, like, you know, right now, it's it's the thing of of, of today. Social media, your camera phones, and and if you catch anything, for everybody a news reporter today. You feel me? Yeah, that's real. And I'm gonna tell you, and motherfuckers is hella disrespectful, man. You know, I saw the craziest shit in the world today, right? You know, it was raining on and off today, right? Right. So I'm at the stop, like I'm like in Los Alamitos today, man. I'm like on Catella, right? And you know how the light turn, um, you, you know how the light turns so you can turn, you, you know what I'm saying? You go on your turn lane, you, you know, to, to make a left-hand turn, right? Right. The main intersection. It's an old lady walking across the street, and she walking slow, her and her homegirl, and they walking like turtles, but they're old people, right? So I stop, you know, I stop, right? You know, I stop, I'm going to let the old ladies go. I'm not going to run them over, you know? And I'm right. just being patient. That's somebody's grandma, but that's somebody's mom. I'm like, you know, I'm respectful. You know how we do, eight. Hey? You know, it's a dude behind me, man. He blowing and cussing with your old bitches. Hurry up! I got shit to do. Get y'all ass out the motherfucking street and the lady trying to run. Took all I had not to get out the car and go back there and punch this motherfucker in his mouth, dog. Uh, like you, you know, niggas don't know how to respect. You know, uh. The code of today, niggas don't know the old code like we had. Um, respect your elders, you get me? Uh, nigga, cuss an old motherfucker out today and not give a goddamn. But that would be my mama. You feel? I treat older people, man, like I would want somebody to treat my mama. Oh, you should, because especially if your parents are still around and you know, uh, it's just some idiots out here today, man. Um, and I don't want to say motherfuckers wasn't raised right or, you know, because I don't want to put that on nobody's parents or whatever, but it's just a day and age of a lot of disrespect. You get me? Um, we've had it bad enough for so motherfucking long. You would think we would try to keep some of these, you know, traditions that, you know, uh, shaped some of us into, you know, knowing who you're supposed to be when you get into these older ages. But, you know, motherfuckers don't give a fuck nowadays. You get me? You see that all day. You see that even with the disrespect of, of, of veteran artists. You get me? You know, uh, mm-hmm. motherfucker don't, don't, ain't gonna respect you as being a foundation or, or a forefather. You know, definitely a motherfucker ain't gonna respect the average uh, senior citizen. You get me? Uh, it's That's why I said codes were different when we was walking around as, as, as young niggas, adolescent motherfuckers, even though we was hard-headed and, and called ourselves uh, uh, tough and 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 fucking you know wrong side of the tracks we still have certain codes and traditions that we tried to carry with us that was taught by our parents you know oh, for sure you had some kind of moral compass to yourself you had some sort of um you followed the rules you feel what i'm saying right like 
Nigga, we were the rules, the, the basic rules, dog, the basic principles of everything, the basic principles of life. You know, we was all young and dumb and stupid and shit, but I wasn't a young nigga who went around snatching old ladies' purses. You get me? Uh, I wasn't a, a nigga who would, you know, when an older motherfucker try to tell me something or give me some advice, even though I didn't listen, I wasn't, oh, shut your old ass up, motherfucker. Don't nobody want to hear what you got to say. Uh, I just, I, you know, I just tried to keep a little bit of, of, of that in me, instilled in me, knowing what your probably parents and grandparents went through you know, coming through them 40s and shit like that and them 50s, they had it hard, man. So I just, you know, that was something my mom's always taught us, you know, be respectful to your elders. I don't give a fuck who they was. If they was older than you, motherfucker, then you respected them because they done been around the block already and they can damn sure tell you a thing or two. So uh, we we just tried to keep that instilled. Now, you know, today, motherfucker yeah. don't give a fuck. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do you think that, you know what I've noticed, man, and, um, it's more so, and it's always been that way, man, because I remember, I never will forget, man, when I was playing ball, I was 23, and one of the homies on the team that was my roommate was 29, right, by the turn 30, and right. I used to call him old man all the time, and I think about it, no, that motherfucker was young, but I, I, I thought he was old, man, to me, I was like, your old ass, what is your old ass going to do? You going to fuck some shit up. <laughs> Hold on one second. All right, hold on one second. That's actually Willie D. Hold on one second. Let me answer. Hey, Will. What up, man? We we in here recording this show right now, man. I, I should pull your ass in here, man. What you doing right now? Should I, I'm, I'm going to hit you up tomorrow, dog. I'm going to holler at you like in the morning. All right, for sure. All right, look. Yeah, yeah, Willie D, man. Will, Will is a funny dude. I, I see glasses don't pop his ass up here, man. It's the deal. He was happening, man. I can't call it. What's happening? Oh, man. Now, where you light at, man? Why you sitting up in the dark? Now nah, I got the light on. I don't know why this motherfucker ain't working. There you go, man. You just done some shit. And why do it look blue, dog? You always trying to do just your know, extra crip stuff, huh? Nigga, what that? I ain't set the lighting up, cuz what are you talking about? It's a light. He don't made a blue light. He don't made a blue light to do some crip shit. It's, it's the light is a, it's a regular <laughs> corner lamp, cuz they don't light. What are you talking about? You say that's just hey, that darkness, nigga. That dark silhouette, nigga. You feel me? I don't know. Hey, I'm trying to back up, cuz, but it ain't helping. 
It's all good. So we we were asked the question, man. Why do you think younger people disrespect age so much? I told you, still, I think you just be over exaggerating that. Oh no, I'm not over exaggerating. Let me let me get back to the story. People like their glasses enjoying this, so he wasn't privy to the conversation we were having. I was at a stoplight today, and it was an older woman crossing the street. You know, old people cross the street; they don't pay attention. They just see some turn green, they cross. And this woman is walking at a snail's pace, whatever. She's old. I wasn't tripping, right? This car behind me got the blowing his horn. Old ass bitch, kick your ass out the street. No enough motherfucking traffic. We got shit to do. He just being disrespectful as hell. And I'm like, this dude really need his ass whooped, man. And I was just saying, man, it just seemed like that just people don't have no respect for age no more, bro. It's like that has disappeared. I don't know if it's for age. I think disrespect in general is disappearing. I, 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 sure. I don't think it's really about age. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just think that's a shallow way to approach anything, you know, to start talking about somebody's age. So I think the most ignorant people, that's the first thing they can see. If they see somebody, that's going to be the first thing they send. I, I mean, I can remember being a part of, of movements where people felt like certain ways about people but the reality is if you don't die god willing you get older so but any asshole oh, yeah, that ain't figured sure. that out yet you either gonna die or be that nigga. oh for sure I, that's why i tell the motherfucker quickly keep on living if, you if know you chris be around here told me, oh, you know keep on living if you, you can ass, you fuck around come up short come up short Fuck around, for real. Like at 32. For real, yeah. for real. And it's it's just like a, it's just a motherfucking situation of 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 being of of having that young heart, man. I mean, um, and a lot of niggas ain't taught right. You get me? Like I said, um it was it was beneficial to have even though in them rough times in them rough areas it was beneficial to have a strong foundation at home now a lot of motherfuckers didn't have dads and moms in the homes you know me so that just mean uh, a lot of us who grew up with the single moms she just had to be strong and not be victim to uh, a lot of the shit that was going on that young niggas like us could fall into. Um, I got my ass whooped as a kid. You get me by my moms when I did some, some stupid shit. Um, that was instilled in me to try to, even though a nigga was banging and serving and shit, um, I still had respect for older people, you know, um, I didn't cuss out the motherfucker who snitched on me when he caught me ditching school and told my moms, you know. I didn't go back and 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 shoot up the nigga's house or or, or breaking the nigga's car or whatever, whatever. I, I, I had to take that on the chin. You get me? Um so, you know, I don't know. I guess it's that that mom moms used to instill that fear, even though, you know, I was out there being a mischievous little nigga. Um, if mom said I better get the fuck home, it wasn't no like, yeah, whatever, I come home when I feel like it. No. 
it was like if she sold a nigga get the fuck home, I need to be trying to find a way from the hood to the house. Or or she gonna be pulling up in this motherfucker. That shit gonna be embarrassing. You get <laughs> you'd be a hard ass nigga, but you don't wanna get embarrassed by your mom pulling up like nigga. Fuck you doing over here? Hanging out with these motherfucking niggas, thinking you some motherfucking hood gangbanger nigga. You don't get your motherfucking ass in the car and get ready for school tomorrow, motherfucker. So you know, you you had to have that strong foundation because at the times, man, it was easy to fall victim to a lot of shit. Uh, mm-hmm. It was easy. I mean, shit. One times was rolling through every day, picking up young niggas like it wasn't shit. I mean, you know, back then, Tuesdays and Thursdays, nigga, they coming through. You hanging out, nigga, you going to jail. And if you're an underage, nigga, like I was, nigga, they finna call home. Yes, you don't want that call. And you like, oh, shit. Who the motherfucker <laughs> calling like, yeah, we gonna come pick up your motherfucking son. He down here at the comp to, uh, you know. I'm like, oh, shit. Then you walking out that mother, you walking out that motherfucking holding tank, and she's sitting in that lobby, nigga, and just knee to knee, knee bouncing up and down, arms crossed, nigga. That shit was going on constantly with a nigga. So I, but then, like I said, I understand the frustrations, and so that's why I tried to, I I still tried to have some sort of of family respect foundation. Uh, because yeah, I think that's what led to being, you know, the person you are today when you grow up and you start seeing those lessons that were being instilled. You get me? Because uh, it was a lot of us who fell victim to some parents didn't give a fuck. And a lot of niggas ended up dead. A lot of niggas go- ended up going to jail for life and all kind of shit, man, because if 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 you didn't have a motherfucker who didn't didn't give a fuck about you and was trying to make sure that you know, nigga, it's it's dark outside. Let me see where this nigga at. Uh, nigga, I just heard gunshots. Let me go drive around here and see where this nigga at. That was my mom. Man, Let me ask you. Hold, hold up, big brother. When your mom start whooping your ass. Kid, listen, ass bone. My mama dog. I'm a, a real story. I didn't end up going. I never went to camp away. My first trip was county jail, and it was on my birthday. But uh, let me tell you how scared I was of Big O, my mama. I get caught up. We still a car. We finna put together my homeboy car. So we still his car to put his car together. I'm sliding. We, we still out of Paramount. So I'm sliding up, you know, Alondra. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take Greenleaf, right? Greenleaf, because we going, we going back to the we going back to Acacia to strip it where we got the little spot at. So I'm coming down. I ain't got the homie come pick me up. My nigga Dave come pick me up. I ain't got no shirt on. I don't even got no motherfucker. I got sandals on. But I'm like, this is how wild I am at that age. I'm already selling dope. I'm already fucking up. My mom's really don't know, but I'm getting it off. She had just got out of jail. So I'm coming up Alondra from Paramount. I bust the left on Atlantic, take that little back road to go through the Atlantic Drive to slide up to Greenleaf. The motherfucking stop sign, you know, that stop sign that you cross right when you come on to the backside where the Atlantic Drives will be at. Mm-hmm. I don't stop. Stupid. Just blow through the stop sign. Police waiting to give a ticket. Police pull me over. 
it's a police you know still it's funny it's, <laughs> it's some shit. so he pulled me mm -hmm. over he like you got your license i said yeah i got him so i need your license and registration now mind you he ain't ran the plates he just gonna start writing a ticket so i give him my license and i suppose give him the registration but the motherfucking the the glove compartment is locked in the eldorado so i can't get it out mind you we just stole this motherfucker. so i'm like mm -hmm. hey man I, um this lock is tripping i can't get it out he said well i'm gonna just write you a ticket so he go to write the ticket he's talking to me he's like ah, let me just run it anyway so he go to run the motherfucker, and uh he writing the ticket the call come back and stolen he said man you almost got it all so he take me to jail i'm sick as a motherfucker, right so i'm sitting in the whole cell at compton i'm like fuck, man i'm i'm about like literally i'm tripping but i'm not even worried about being in jail hey i start to tear up because all i'm thinking about this lady's gonna kill me like this is gonna be horrible like she's gonna really and my mom is six foot 300 pounds so she punched like a nigga. like i done been in fights with all kind of gangbangers carver parts mona parts large all kind of gang members my mom's still top five hardest i ever been punched so all i'm thinking about is she finna fuck me up and i'm tearing up and i'm like damn man he like man it's your 18th birthday you in luck i'm gonna cite you out and it hit me that he didn't have to call her to pick me up and when i'm telling you i ain't never felt so relieved it didn't matter i was in jail it none of all that shit didn't even matter because i'm fine in here long as this lady didn't know and to her grave that lady never knew that i went to jail that day for that shit. because if it would have been a day before they'd have to call her but that's how scared i was of my mama the day i went to fuck jail this ain't nothing that lady getting a hold to me, being able to punch on me and shit, I can't really fight back. I didn't want them punches. And I just remember, and still talk to my mom. Like, I just did not want them problems. And, and that's the type of fear she had into a nigga where it was like, I respected her mom. Well, man, your mom was a gangster. Yeah, rest her soul. She was a different breed. Your mom was a gangster, man. I told the G's mom, she said, yeah, deal. I want him to do a, fun, a song with Bone Thugs and Harmony. She was like, no, he's Mom, let me put in my request. Nigga. Yeah, she said, he got to do a song with this dude. She was just real down. You used to talk, have major love for your mom. G, shout out to the homie Black Tone, Tony Lane. You used to talk about your mom all the time. Man, listen, Bone was Spooktown. You know, they all knew my mom. Tony Lane knew my mom. All the homies knew my mom because my mom was hustling. Dig this, hey, my mom used to give shots to all the niggas out the ATS when they would catch the claps because they didn't have no insurance, but they was all getting some money. So mm -hmm. it's funny because that's how I realized that even the toughest gangsters was just men because them niggas used to have to get them back in the day, you had to get the shot in the ass. And I used to watch the coldest niggas get the shot in the ass and be crying. I'm like, man, niggas, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're a little kid watching the coldest nigga, they be killers. And, you know, tantrum and, and G Ray and all these niggas getting shots in the ass. And, you know what I mean? And, and them niggas, certain, certain niggas that be tearing up when they got that shot. I used to be like, oh shit, you know, this it's still overfilled when I get big. Man, they up there, because they up there burning up and stuff. How old was you when you stopped getting whoopings? Eight hours you when you, your mom stopped whooping that ass. Man, um, Shit, when I start going in and out of jail, like every two to three weeks, 
uh, I guess you know you you start. I guess we all go through these stages, you know, you get to that stage where uh, you come out of adolescence and you start feeling yourself a little bit. Um, uh, I started, you know, I started claiming the neighborhood around, I don't know, I want to say maybe 15. Um, I start feeling myself, you get me? Uh, I had that attitude like you can't tell me shit, even though I would never like uh, bust my mom's out or, you know, fight my mom or some shit like that. I still was feeling myself like, nigga, I ain't noticing. I'm from the hood. And to me, that was like, so... I would I would I would get in the little resistance matches with my mom where she would try to tell me I couldn't go to the hood or I bet not this and I bet not that. And I started feeling myself and going, fuck that, I'm going and you know, can't tell me I can't go. And I started rebelling and the next thing you know, when I was going, you know, just on gang sweeps, you know. We was going to jail maybe every other Tuesday and shit because of the gang sweeps. Um, I think around that time, um, mom started seeing that I was coming into a different era. And then I left home at 16. I, mm -hmm. I left home. Um, I guess feeling like the middle kid, you know, you got a younger brother and then your sister is older. I guess you feel a certain way when you the middle kid, you know, you feeling like you're getting less of shit and you always got to take the back in the back seat or whatever. So I left home. I thought I was a hard. I thought I was a hard head. I thought I was a hard head little nigga. Had me some little pussy on deck, you know, up in Long Beach. So I was like, nigga, I wouldn't. I wouldn't post it up with the little broad and her mom and family. Moms used to come through, like bring your ass home. And at that time, I was like getting ready to turn eighteen. I was like, man, I ain't coming back over there. Man, you know what I did, man, one day, and I never will forget this. I remember when I first started getting kind of swole. I was always a big nigga, but when I started lifting, I was kind of swole. I started going up to the King Kennedy and lifting weights and stuff at the little rec center, right? You know the weights they had in the little rack? Now you got the little knotlet set, like you got the bench press with the weights to go up to about 185. You got the leg yeah, pull yeah. down. And the little curl bars, I started lifting that summer and I started getting real swole, real fast, right? I remember my mama tried to hit me with a belt and I grabbed belt like this and stopped her. And she stole on me so hard. She said, let, let it go. She tried to pull it, let it go, let it go. And she punched me, man. And it wasn't really hurting. I laughed at one of them and she hit me again, man. Then she took a glass, man. I was walking away. I, ain't, I was like, I ain't taking this no more. He threw a glass and hit me in the back of the head, dog. One of them hard coffee cups, you know them coffee mugs? She threw a coffee mug and hit me smack there in the back yeah, of my head. Yeah, because she's like, nigga, oh, you think you a hard head? I'm going to show your hard head ass up, huh? And knock you in the next week with this motherfucking telephone. That's what my mom used to tell me. 
Nigga, I'll knock your motherfucking ass in the next week with this telephone or pick up this iron right here and crack your motherfucking ass. You walking in here thinking you hard and shit. Oh, some gag bangers shit. Nigga, I'm gonna show you some gag bangers shit right now. Moms used to pick up that iron and be like, nigga, I'll pop. Cracked you in the head, motherfucker. If you ask my mama about that now, she would deny that shit. But my mama would pick up anything that was within range and try to whoop my ass with it. It's just that after a while, man, I ain't never disrespect my mama, though. But I would just block stuff like this. I would just block it and hold it. That big old, she be be looking at your big old ass like, you big motherfucker. Don't you block my shit. Take this here, you big motherfucker. How tall was Irene? Shoot, man, my mom, man, my mom was every bit of, man, probably about five, six. She was like, like, you needed a big O. Big O was yeah, she like, your ass down here so I could slap the shit out you. That's what she used to do. Let me whoop your ass. And my mama was the type, she didn't care, man. I'd be out there with my friends, with my homeboys hanging out. She'd be at the bill. Come here, come in the house. Come in the house. And I remember one day, I told her one day, I ain't washed no dishes because she used to tell me to wash dishes and clean up, right? I told her one day I ain't washed no dishes. I was with my friends acting all bad. She let me stay out there. My friends like, oh, you told your mama that? And I was like, yeah, she know what's up. Man, I went in the house, man, and got the beat down in my life, man. Beat down. Beat down. But you know what? Some of those is some of those is lessons though that you keep instilled in you because um that's what makes you, like you said, that's what makes you in your reaction towards the little old lady from Pasadena, you know, that you saw. That's what make your reaction that because of the respect you had for your elders. Because, you know, your mom probably would have knocked the shit out of you if she caught you talking back to somebody that was an elder. It don't give a fuck who it was. It didn't have to be your uncle or your auntie or mom. All they had to be was older. And if they was an older, if they was an older adult, man, they could tell your ass anything. And you better listen. And if a motherfucker, like like today, a motherfucker go, I don't know. I guess, you know, today, uh, if a motherfucker try to discipline your child, you be in a nigga's ass. You get me? But shit, back in our days when we was coming up, man, please. Motherfucker be like, oh, he was in trouble. Shit, you should have knocked his ass in the next week if you caught his ass doing that shit. Man, I mean, it was... It was Walton, Miss Clark was still using that long stick, tearing niggas' hands up and legs up and all that. This is, this is in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was that... Um, I guess it was that uh you know that term it takes a village because that's that's what it was. You get me? Man, these kids it, ain't it, in those in those times, I guess you know, uh the 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 adults saw what was coming. You get me? As far as uh because a lot of like uh, you know me growing up in the seventies, I was naive to a lot of shit as a as a kid growing up, and then once I turned a certain age, 
it was like a whole motherfucking like like the matrix shit you know once you take the pill the reality of real world sets in and you like god damn we living in Compton and niggas is drive-by shooting and I, that reality didn't hit me when I was like four or five. Like these kids today, you catch a seven, eight year old and they, you know, they know the business. Me as a five, six year old kid, I was naive to what was going on outside. You getting niggas gang banging and drug dealings and, and, and motherfucker drive by shootings, but shit about, you know, so I guess that was the, 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 it takes a village was handy with a lot of uh of us coming up because those adults back then who were in their 40s and 50s they seen what was getting established you get me within the neighborhoods and the gangs and shit so if you had some three-year-olds and some four-year-olds five-year-olds it was very imperative to try to you know keep them grounded because we saw the realities of what was going on in the neighborhoods. And like I said, a lot of us, uh, we got led astray by by being from the hood. You get me? Oh, Especially man. a lot of motherfuckers who didn't have them father figures around, you know? Because oh, once, when my pops left California and moved out of state, I was a young, you know, I was in the cartoons and playing football and all that. But once he left, and then moms was out the house mostly all the time from working double jobs. Nigga, like I said, my eyes was open to like, wow, this is what's going on out here. Nigga, sign me the fuck up. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told try to meet important men try to attach yourself to important men the voice you're hearing is a russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power the war in ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities for the first time a military trained seduction spy reveals how the russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon if you want to kill your target it's easy you just seduce him take him somewhere start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'm going to tell you, dog, where it got real fucked up at, man. I remember when crack first hit, dog, and... You had people, man, whose mama started smoking, man, and it was the craziest shit ever. Because you yeah. had, like, you know, they would try to maintain at first, right? They would try to maintain. They would be like, like nobody would talk about it, right? And then their moms would be just full-fledged, just out there, just straight, just in theme mode, right? So most of them kids, dog, started doing what the hell they wanted to do, right? Like, I had a homeboy, man. I ain't gonna say his name, me and him still friends, but he had started slanging. And we was all able to go get a certain shit from consignment from this one cat, right? He was the same nigga. He was always the nigga that had a hustle. Like he would have niggas in the um school selling joints, like you get 25 off a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Remember that hustle? Hey, 
Like he, if you wanted to get some money, you could fuck with this one nigga and get like twenty five off every hundred you you get, right? Every hundred dollars you got, you got to keep twenty five of it, right? So when the crack shit first came, he had the same thing going on, something like that, right? And I remember the homie was sad, man, because his mama smoked his stash up. She found this stash dog, and then she was out there doing some other shit, dog. And it, it was just crazy, dog. It was like the homies. It was, it was a lot of enemies made, man, behind that shit because this nigga actually wound up becoming somebody in the neighborhood. And he always remembered that shit, dog. And, and you had certain dudes. That's when I saw, like, the crack shit was just so sad to me because you saw why shit, do, man. Why do you think that? A lot of people fell victim to, you know, what the crack era. You see, coming out of the seventies, you know, a lot of motherfuckers was in the military, went to the Vietnam War, a lot of that shit. Uh, my father, my pops was in the Navy, and he was on. You get me? He was a. He was a. He was a. He indulged in 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 shit that was. Outside of the ordinary, and so he was, was functioning. But was he functioning? Yeah, the nigga worked for General Motors for almost for thirty years until he died. See, you know what, man? I, I think it hit us because, for the most part, most smokers in the hood was dudes that was like functioning addicts, like dudes that still went to work. They got hired the motherfucker, but they still went to work and kept themselves somewhat decent. You feel what I mean? You had oh, yeah. My, my pops went to work. General Motors worked on that line, you know, was a supervisor, all that type of shit for 30 years. Uh, but shit, Friday come, it was party time, and you probably couldn't find the nigga until it was time to go to work Monday morning. I think it hit us so hard, eight, because I think we was our, we were already dealing with a certain degree of mental anguish, man. Like I think most of the people that really started smoking crack, man, did so to kind of escape some of their problems, man. Because I, I never tried that shit, man. But people that used to smoke that shit tell me that shit felt incredible. I never smoked that shit, but niggas like what niggas smoked that shit and turned into the incredible hawk or some shit. Man, let me tell you what my brother told me, man. My brother told me he started off by smoking moles, right? So mm -hmm. smoking primos, right? Right. And he said that a nigga told him they was in the car by the lake, and the nigga told him, Man, you got to try this shit without the weed, man. Just hit this shit. My brother said he hit that shit, man. He said, Norm, when I hit that shit, man, it felt like I was busting a nut and, and like I was a firecracker and I just blew up. <laughs> I said, damn, how the fuck do that feel? He said, man, it ain't a feeling you could describe, man. He it's said, like nigga, I was, I was a firecracker and busting a nut all at once. Yeah, it's like he just said, man, he just like blew up. He said, man, just imagine you hit some dude and your just whole body just feel just a euphoria that you never felt before. And he said, the fucked up part about it, you get that shit that first time and never feel that way again. You be chasing that motherfucker. I was, man, I was thinking, stay away from them mushrooms, nigga. That's why I said, nigga, you're right. <laughs>
I'm gonna tell you, man. I thought my brother was gone, dog. I, I didn't ever think we'd get him back, bro. Because this nigga, man, that got to the point. My brother told me at one time. He said, man, at one time I was smoking six, seven thousand dollars worth of rock every day. I always was able to go get the money for it. So, what made him come back to reality? Well, I'm gonna tell you this, man. I, I think, man, just. He looked up one day, man, and just was, he was sitting at the bus station, man, didn't have nowhere to go, because at this time, he had tried coming out here to stay with me, right? That didn't work. I wound up kicking his ass back home, like, two weeks later, right? You know, once your mama give up to on you, dog, it ain't too much else, because your mama go go to the end for your ass, right? Definitely. So stealing all my mama's jewelry, stealing TVs and shit, and they, she had to kick him out, right? So... He wound up, man, sitting down at the terminal tower at the bus station, man. And he said, man, he just looked at himself, man. He passed by a mirror and looked at himself. He, his hair grew in the dreads, man. He was sitting in his own piss, man. And he was just, he was just done. And he made a decision, man. He just said, I'm not doing this shit no more. And he said it wasn't quite that instant. But my brother really went cold turkey and stopped that shit, man. My brother stopped getting high, man, maybe 20 years, 15 years, 20 years ago, dog. Have been clean ever since then, though. He just said he just got tired of it. And he'd be the first one to tell you, man, he don't feel sick. My brother don't show compassion. He said, man, motherfuckers get high because they want to. He said, man, motherfuckers do because they want to. If a motherfucker want to stop something, they can stop it. And I told him, I said, well, everybody probably not as strong as you, Bill. But he said, no, that's some bullshit. And was so cold because he thought about it. He said, man, if I was able to go get six, $7,000 a day by hook, by crook, just to go give it to the dope, man, I'm going to apply that same hustle to myself. And that's a money-getting nigga now, man. Oh, no. I mean, you have to check. I guess you have to change your mind state and your mentality. And you have to take yourself from, from shit. I'm I'm tired of being broke, dirty, and hungry, and whatever, and I got to improve. And I know that's easy to say when you ain't walking that motherfucking tightrope and shit, but um, anything is better than being smoked out, having nothing. You get me? Uh, I know the the struggle is real. and, and, And working a nine to five may be hateful, but Ain't nothing, ain't nothing better than just being a motherfucking straight up motherfucker and having your life clean, your family respect you, respect from your peers, and and trying to just be a motherfucker who can sustain today. Because it's rough for everybody, shit. You get me? Hell yeah. You know what's crazy, man? Um, I think, man, to a certain extent, we can... The mind is a powerful thing, right? But I do think drug addiction is a disease, man, and some people need help, right? But even with that, you have to want to go get help. See what I'm saying? Right. You have to want to go get help. You know, they, they came out with this list with this Jeffrey Epstein cat, man. And yeah, I was, I, I've been paying attention to a little of that shit. You know, they tried to bring, they, they said Michael Jackson's name is on there. They've been saying all kind of uh, shit. 
And so what is, what is, I mean, I get, you know, I, I know we almost at the end, but, uh, what the fuck is the purpose of revealing names? Because people want to, you know, are, are they going to prosecute or are they saying these people assisted the nigga, uh, with, with, you know, getting these underage, uh, females and, uh, these these freak fests where they was having on the island or whatever. Um what is the point behind it? Is 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 my thing. Like people just want to know who was assisting my nigga or who was partaking. Um just, they so, wanna know who was partaking because they really go put motherfuckers in jail. But you know that's what, what I'm saying. Is. is it a is it a quest to reveal names to go after uh, these motherfuckers, or is it just somebody's agenda to just let motherfuckers know, hey, I want to let you know this nigga was at the island too, and this nigga was helping, and this motherfucker, and this motherfucker, or are they going to actually sit down and go, oh, you was there, so now we're going to prosecute you for underage and all that shit. I think what it is, bro, I think more than anything else, I think they go prosecute who they can. Of course, what I don't understand about it, Michael Jackson is dead. So I don't even see the cause of them even, you know, giving this thing. They obviously can't do nothing. Doing what they go do, dig him up and reanimate him. I mean, I just like I said, it, what is the agenda behind it? And I get it because uh, if you got if you got, if you got motherfuckers out there who are behind, you know, in the closet with their bullshit, and they might be continuing that same motherfucking lifestyle today, and they're still around. Of course, you want to expose the motherfucker because you know, but. Uh, I, I I get what you said. You know what's the point, Michael Jackson? You know how people are with with uh with conspiracy and shit like well, that. You know what? Though? The one thing about it though, they didn't say Mike was doing anything bad. They just mentioned his name. And whenever you got a dude that's like a um, I guess a hot button name or whatever, a celebrity name that makes it more even just that much more salacious. But Jeffrey Epstein, you know, he killed himself, man. He was doing some terrible shit, dog. That motherfucker was one of the worst people ever. I mean, yeah. I mean, from from what has been reported and what we know and what he was charged with, uh, it was some, it was some, it was some fucked up shit. You get me? Uh, you know, he was. You know, anytime you got crimes like that involving underage children, dog, and stuff like that, man. I, I I really don't. I just you know um, everything ain't motherfucking make believe. You get me? As I want to say, um, we see a lot of shit portrayed in movies and 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 read books and stories or whatever. There's some crazy motherfuckers out here. You get me? To where you you know you really got a question you know, uh, uh, the lifestyle of, of motherfuckers who make those decisions to do uh, fucking undercut shit like that. Because I'm just a regular motherfucker, you feel me? And half the shit these motherfuckers do, I could never see just a normal motherfucker doing shit, right? 
But well, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like it's, I wouldn't. And then it's always some crazy motherfucker with 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 power and connections and who want to do the crazy. Who want to do that that TV shit? You know what I'm saying? Niggas probably in their closet, asshole naked with Ouija boards and shit, trying to conjure up shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They they this <laughs> is the shit that these motherfuckers <laughs> with money. And, and again, it's always a motherfucker with some dollars in their pocket. Why do they turn out to be the weirdos, man? Because if you notice with all these guys, they ultimately all trying to force people to do some shit that they don't want to do. And they use money as, as the tool to grant their wishes, so to speak, right? Like right. you think about, it, and it's like you know from the uh, old shit with Epstein to this shit with P Diddy, it's all the same shit to me, bro. Because all of these people are powerful people, but they've used money as a way to wield their weight around on people and just, I want you to do this. You're going to do this for me, or you're going to suffer the consequences. It's but you crazy, know, Sarah, it's it's. As 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 big as this world is, and not to be just whatever, it's some motherfuckers who will do that shit if you just pay them. So why put yourself in some dumb situations where you you become this outlandish character or human? Because shit, it's some grown motherfuckers out here going, motherfucker, pay me, and I'll gladly let you do whatever you want to do. You so, just become a pariah. You become a disgrace, man. It's like, and then my thing is this: a don't fuck with the babies, man. Leave the kids alone. Go pay a grown motherfucker to do what you wanted to do. Go, go pay an old grown motherfucker to dress up like a baby if that's your fetish or your stupid shit. Like again, it, it's it's always a motherfucker with too much time and money on their hands that gets caught up in some weird ass fantasize fucking bullshit and and i you know i i guess you know niggas be bored in time on their hands or whatever the shit may be but as a normal motherfucker, there's just certain shit I feel that you shouldn't even you that shouldn't even that's cross your mind. Boring, some people just some people be really sick though, so you know who knows what their mental capacity is. You feel me? Because yeah, you, you gotta really be fucking... you gotta be a mental motherfucker to want to walk down that road. You feel me? Yeah, but just think about it like you had the um the politicians that live in Florida. Now they spent the last decade or so campaigning against homosexuality and all kind of stuff. And you find out, man, that old girl is down there looking more coochie than, than, you, 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 than anybody she ever accused. You feel what I'm saying? She got videos and stuff. They saying that her and her husband on tag team and on rape motherfuckers and all kind of shit. Yeah, because people, like I said, people be wanting to keep their private life when they put themselves on a pedestal or when they put themselves outside the box uh, them be the worst hidden motherfuckers. Them be the motherfuckers with hidden rooms in their houses and people motherfucking tied up for two and three years and shit. You get me? Man, hell yeah, for real, man, with shit. We gonna go ahead, man, and shut this down tonight, man. Y'all make sure, man, Um, we got a few more episodes in this season, man. Um, We got Hip Boy coming up next week. We be back in the studio next week. We got Hip Boy and his pops falling through. And, um, For sure. Shoot, 
we'd be going on into our fifth year, eight. Uh, shit, yeah, we man. Getting it cracking, man. We just steadily moving. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a ride. That's how we gotta do. We gotta keep the new year is here. So, uh, man, y'all keep fucking with us. You know what I'm saying? We are gonna keep trying man, to bring y'all there. And I don't like to say content and shit because that's that bullshit. Man, we just gonna keep trying to reach out to motherfuckers and, uh, you know, just conversate with niggas. You know, issue. You know, everybody deal with shit that's going on today, and then just try to connect with niggas who, uh, uh, you know, still trying to walk that line, man, and and get get from behind the wall and all that type of shit. Niggas stuck in the neighborhoods, and on top of that, man, just try to bring you what's what's going on today. So you know, that's what it is. Hell yeah, two thousand twenty four, two thousand twenty more. Um. Yeah. The cold thing about it, eight. Hey, the thing that's crazy, man, about this year, man, is that we actually got a lot of dope ass shit coming. Like the show, the format of the show is gonna be so crazy, man. I can't wait to unveil it for y'all. And I'm telling y'all, motherfuckers, now, I don't want a million inboxes. I don't want a million texts. We do the same thing every year, and people hit me every year. You know, how we take those little two, three weeks off, eight, hey, before the new wow. season starts. Where the show at? What's going on still? What did you do? Everybody, every, every, everybody do it. Your favorite TV show, your favorite sequel, your favorite whatever. Everybody take them breaks and come back in the fall or come back in the spring or whatever. So that's all you know. It's a lot of work. It may seem like you're just going on for hour every week, man, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to put the show together. You got to come up with the content and the context and, yeah, you know, what we're going to discuss. And, then, and all kind of stuff. So you still working. In and then on top, of, on top of that, niggas still got outside motherfucking entities that they fucking dealing with. You know what I'm saying? So you know uh it's not just like like you said not like we just sit up all week and be like okay time to do the podcast niggas got 30,000 other things on top of that i'm still touring i'm still you know uh i'm still being getting requested to do verses and and appearances and oh, you know. bunch of stuff and i still got businesses it's there's stuff to do man it's a lot of work you know it's a lot of stuff going on but at the top of that, when you got families and you got kids who's all, you know, uh, breaking out on their own, you got to make sure that they establish and, and, and they trying to put their foundation together. So, you you know, you got to uh, you got to help, the, you know, you got to help them establish. So it's, it's, it's a lot. You know, you got a woman, you got all that shit plays a part in in. Uh, in in everyday life man y'all know what it is it's a whole lot to us man we out here y'all stay safe man happy new year well that concludes another episode of the gangster chronicles podcast be sure to download the iheart app and subscribe to the gangster chronicles podcast for apple users find a purple mic on the front of your screen subscribe to the show leave a comment and rating executive producers for the gangster chronicles podcast norman Steele, aaron mca tyler our visual media director is Brian Wyatt, and our audio editor is Taylor Hayes. The Gangster Chronicles is a production of iHeartMedia Network and the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.